0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods
3: multiple
2: birth parents with children with disabilities
3: and today's episode is jasmine she's a foster care specialist and trainer and assessor
2: this
1: podcast contains truth laughter and the occasional f-word so it's not really suitable for children
0: sometimes you just have to get your shits out shit shit shit
2: shit that's right this is a language warning oh shit
1: Hello, Kate. Well, it is spring. It is September. If those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you are getting ready for winter. Yes, but we are so happy. Even though it's actually raining.
3: raining today but yesterday it was oh. 22 we were hot i oh. was speaking yeah and we were like we
1: are hot i'm hot i took oh. my jacket off Yay. i stood in the sun yes. Oh bliss! come on melbourne anyway this morning i woke up to the sound of rain on the roof. Yes. <laughs> that
3: is our, city, flirt, hey? our beautiful weather yes. weather yes but anyway we are here today with someone really special yeah, we exciting. um w- we are excited because this week is the Victorian Foster Care Week. So we're really excited to talk about um, that. So, we're, all right. We,
1: we are going to talk with Jasmine. Yeah. Um, hello, Jasmine. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Oh, we're thrilled. Well, we did initially
3: have a foster carer coming as well, but she's unwell today. Yes. So today we've got the specialist. <laughs> no pressure. No <laughs> pressure. Yes. I'm <sighs> sweating a little bit. <laughs> no, you're going to be awesome. So we will start with our three questions, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Do you have any music that you love in the good times or that you listen to in the tricky times?
2: Yeah, look, I might be a bit embarrassed telling you this, but with short notice I have sure. to be honest. Mm. I'm a huge Swifty. I love oh, kind of this okay. like, Yeah. Yes. And, you know, good for the high times, good for the low totally. times. Totally. Um, so yep. that's my usual go-to. Great. Right. Um, and... Uh, my my all-time favorite would have to be um, All Too Well the ten-minute version. Oh yeah, of course. Out. Yes. <laughs> yes, got to belt it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's definitely the one.
1: No. Oh look, I am a bit of a Swiftie.
2: Yeah,
3: me too. I saw her when she came a couple of years ago, yeah, and I've I was like, oh, I'm times.
2: so
1: impressed. Oh yeah, yeah brilliant. I like. Is it I know places? I love that song. Yes, it song. is. Love, that is a great one. That is a great song. <sighs> yeah, I often sing that. Yeah, so that's awesome. one of mine. Anyway, these will go on our Spotify yeah, playlist. Yep. So, yeah, Taylor's on there already, I yep, think, I think who so. who isn't a swift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, did you win any awards at school or since school? Are you an award winner?
2: Uh, look, at school I was that kid who was bright but unapplied, mm. uh, so I didn't win too many at school. But my biggest claim to fame is that I won an award at uni. Um, I won at the Vice Chancellor's Medal for Excellence. Wow. Yeah, which- Yes, it sounds fancy, mm. but it was just a general award for just being not quite at the level to win the Specialist <laughs> Awards. We know that just generally Yeah, generally quite good. Yeah. Um, and I was presented with a beautiful bronze medal um, wow. at the ceremony. So hang that loud and proud. Oh, I'm congratulations. Right. Definitely. It's it's not as uh, big as it sounds, but I, I hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, do. well,
3: fair enough. <laughs> sounds very impressive. Yeah, and maybe you came into your own at uni. Maybe you were studying things that you enjoyed. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What
1: did you study at uni?
2: I actually studied health promotion and nutrition, mm-hmm. which has absolutely nothing to do with foster care, yeah, but here that's I okay. am. So. Yep.
3: Yep. Here you are. Um, so the next question we ask is why are you a member of our P-Tribe? So, oh, you can answer that. Why do you think you're part of our gang of people?
2: Look, I love your podcast. I had heard a few episodes before I came on today. Oh, thank you. Um, But I have some loved ones in my life who live with disabilities, Mm. so... I wouldn't say that I necessarily am a member of your yeah. P tribe, but um, I think it's wonderful for parents to have this um, yes. this space to talk about all of the challenges and highlights mm. as well yes. um, of you know parenting children with disabilities and yeah. also living with disabilities. So
3: thank you. Yeah. And and we're going to explore about children with disabilities in the foster care system. So yeah, we are
1: yeah we'll touch on all sorts of yeah, things today. That's right. So if we go back to your childhood. I believe you have lived experience with growing up. Did your parents foster um, kids or how did you grow up with foster care?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a fostering household. Mm. My parents cared for about, uh, well, they say over 300 children. Wow. 30 years. Um, but I think after a certain point you stop counting. Yeah, um, goodness. But, you know, that's the history of foster care for for people who were were accredited in the 80s and 90s. That mm. was sort of the way it was. Mm. Um, we do definitely still have carers that that care for that volume of of children, um, but yeah, that was my experience growing up. Was you know children coming in and out. Um, we had short-term um, placements we had some emergencies where it was just you know a 2am phone call and yes. the next day they'd move back to family members mm. or onto a more um, long-term placement um, but we also had a couple of young people who lived with us for a couple of years um, including actually I'd forgotten about um, how this relates but including a young person with um she was born with fetal alcohol syndrome, right. um, but as she got a bit older, there was sort of some other signs of different, mm. um, differing abilities for her as mm. well. Um, so we cared for her for almost three years mm. um, until they found a suitable permanent care placement for her, and she is just thriving. She's wow. almost 18 now. Is so oh, Wow.
1: Yeah. And so as a child or adolescent, did you find it hard saying goodbye to some of those people?
2: Look, I think I had the benefit of it just being a normal part Mm. of our life, so it wasn't something that, you know, we had to necessarily process or um, consider each. It it didn't necessarily feel like a loss each time because – we it was the norm yeah um, but certainly there were some kids that we grew so much more attached mm-hmm. to and those young people that stayed with us for really long times yes. especially babies they yes. come to you so little and yes and I remember um, I used to come home from school and I'd be so excited to play with this little girl <laughs> and, and watch her grow. so um, that was always a nice part of it and you definitely do feel sad when they leave but yeah. I think it's comforting to know they're going on to either back to family, which yes mm. is, um, is what we want. Yeah. Or onto to um, permanent, stable mm. Um, mm. families. So there's always a bright side, I guess. Yeah.
3: And did you have a do you have any other siblings?
2: Yep. Yeah, so my parents had six daughters um, so busy household. (laughs) Wow Um, (laughs) what amazing people. Yes they are Um, the caveat to that I guess is my older sisters are much older so we didn't all live in the same house at the same time for much time. I think that would have been like Grand Central Station. (laughs) Yeah so what's the the, age range? uh, My elder sister's about 15 years older than me. Right, um, Right Yep. So there would have been a couple of years when she was still at high school when I was little, um, but then, you know, they all started moving Are you out, the baby? The ones. Of course I yeah. am. <laughs> you tell that uh, Five big sisters. <laughs> yes, definitely busy. Uh, you must uh, have
1: known all about periods and bras. Yes. And it was just a part of your life.
2: Definitely a, a girl's house, that's mm. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think when it came to foster caring as well, my parents kept that in mind. So we mostly cared for girls because yeah. um, that's what they knew. That's yes. what would help with the household dynamics and mm. things. Yes. And I think people don't realise that about fostering is you can choose what's going to suit your family. Oh, you don't right. have to say yes to everyone. it's yes. so. Interesting.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. So you grew up with it. How did you end up working in the field?
2: look I started in health promotion as I said that was my passion um, but prevention is really slow I don't know mm. if you guys know that but <laughs> it's hard to measure and it's very slow yeah um, And so i loved it but i really wanted to work more closely with people Mm. um and so this job came up as a recruitment worker and every foster care agency in victoria will have specialist recruitment workers that work with people wanting to care Mm. and i thought that sounds like a really good way to sort of make a difference but also work directly with people and I'm just kind of nosy as well. I yeah. love getting to know people <laughs> yeah. and hearing their stories. And um, you really get to know people through that assessment process. So that's sort of I wanted a change and I found it and turns out I love it. So
3: So can you tell us a bit about who you work for and what's their responsibility then to the foster care agencies and how that yeah. works?
2: Yeah, so Fostering Connections is a statewide information and referral service. Um, So the main sort of public facing part of our work is our inquiry line. So Mm -hmm. wherever you are in Victoria, you can give us a call, um, ask questions about fostering, how it might relate to you. You can always Google things, but I think... There are people's personal circumstances mm, that mm, aren't always answered um, mm, on, online. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then our relationship with the agencies is if somebody is ready to get started, I can look up where you live mm. and I can submit an inquiry on your behalf mm. to an agency in your area. Um, but we also work closely with them on things like um, advocacy for policy, um, making sure that information is being shared between all of the agencies um, and making sure that relationship between the sector is really strong. Because if we have um, you know, ads going up saying we desperately need foster carers, somebody might call their local agency or, or vice versa. So we want to make sure we're working as efficiently as possible mm, yes. and make sure that mm. um, that the message is out there and it's consistent. So mm, that's, yes, that's our role course. in all of that.
3: Yeah, because if you're, if you're doing a call out and then the agency's like, hang on, we're not ready. We don't have, yeah, mm, the mm, infrastructure. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Right.
2: But also the agencies will tell us sort of what type of care they're in the need of at the mm, moment. So mm. um, that helps to inform what sorts of stories we can run and things like that. Mm, so
4: um,
2: mm. it's a very symbiotic relationship. Yeah.
1: Oh, fascinating. Weird. It is really fascinating. Yeah. And what important human work.
2: Oh. I yeah. think so. Oh, yeah. definitely.
1: So do you know how many children are in foster care in Victoria?
2: Yeah, so on any given night, it's about 1,700 children in right. foster care mm. um, in Victoria. Um, that doesn't include things like kinship care or residential care, Those, though. Right. So um, the number sort of goes up and down a little bit sometimes, um, mm. but on average about 1,700.
3: And mm. would you know any of the percentage of children with disabilities or neurodiversity within that?
2: Uh, yeah, look, it's hard to measure with mm. um, children in care, mm. partly because we don't always have their medical information, yes. um, but also sometimes um, things like global developmental mm. delay, but also mm. the impact of trauma on mm. children. Yes. That's percent, right, of course. Um, as neurodiversity. Yes, yeah um, yep. yep. But it is about uh, about 13% of children in out of home care. So that does include um, residential care and kinship care as well. Mm. Um, but look, I believe the numbers are much higher than that mm, if you mm. take into account some of the definitions and things like yes, that. Then, of course. Uh, mm. Then it is something that we see quite a lot. Mm.
3: Has is that in your experience do people back away from having kids like ours, or are pe- do people say, look, I've got a Affinity for children with disability, I would like to make sure that they're the children that I care for.
2: I think most people who are interested in caring for children with disabilities specifically are people who've been touched by disability yeah. in their yeah. life. Yeah. So, usually people will call up and they'll say, You know, I've got a sister um, who maybe has Down syndrome mm. or mm. Um, grew up with a wheelchair or things like that. And so that's their motivation. Mm. Um, mm. We always ask the question, though, with, with prospective carers, you know, are you willing to care for children with disabilities? Mm. Mm. And I think sometimes people are a bit apprehensive that they're yeah. saying yes to every child. And mm. so they don't want to open themselves up to maybe over committing. Mm. Um, but with each child that comes into care, when we ask if you are able to take them, we'll talk to you about what we know already. So mm. if that child was, say, um, just on the most obvious end of the spectrum, using a wheelchair or a mobility aid, the carers would know that and so they could assess whether they can Mm. handle that. Um, Whereas if it's something more like an intellectual disability or something like global developmental delay, we'd have that conversation first. So
4: Mm.
2: um, I guess some people are apprehensive but I'd like your listeners to know that you don't have to say yes to every child even if you are saying, I'd like to care for children with disabilities. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay.
1: Well, there may be times when, you know, my house has six stairs to get in and the bathroom's small or I live in a really noisy home with three dogs and that doesn't work for a child who yes. has sensory. You know, that's just that's just life, yeah. isn't it? So,
2: And that's something I hear a lot when I ask the question, would you be comfortable caring for children with disabilities? They'll say, well, my house has stairs. Mm. And I think there's still a real lack of understanding of the spectrum of disabilities mm. and the spectrum of needs that children might have. Definitely. Um, but you're spot on with the noise. You know, sometimes I go into households. I know one carer who um, I won't say her name, but we call mm. her Hurricane <laughs> and her name. Um, because her- could be Kate
1: or Mandy, yeah, I think. Good yeah, be. <laughs> it, really,
2: it really could be. Um, but her house is just an absolute flurry. And yeah. for some kids, that's going to work really, really yep. well. Yep. For kids with sensory issues, yeah. not so well. Yeah. No. So- they take those things into account before they place a child in your home because that's just not going to be good for anybody for that to be mm. the mm. environment. So, mm.
1: and how long does it take? Like, if I decided I might like to do foster care, how long does it take to sort of go through the whole process, which I'm sure is quite rigorous? Uh, yeah, rigorous
2: rigorous is an understatement Mm. uh we say to allow a bit about six months so you definitely can do it in three um some people take longer like nine or 12 months Mm -hmm. um but the process is designed so we're giving you lots of information for you to take in and absorb Mm. but you've also got time to to really think about whether it's something you can and and want to do so Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. and what do the agencies put in place to support families that have children with disabilities
2: yeah, so every foster care foster carer in Victoria will have access to like an assigned case manager for mm-hmm. each child. Mm-hmm. So they've got that sort of point of call to debrief and, and talk things through. Um, there are other supports that are more general. So things like training, support groups, um, social activities, so you can connect, mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. For children with disabilities, um, there's also additional like placement brokerage. So if a child needs extra equipment or mobility aids or sensory aids, that can be covered. Mm. Um, the biggest thing, though, that I think is really important to note is that you don't have to manage like NDIS plans by yourself. Yes. Mm. you not got a case manager. Woo! So. Um, so that sort of thing that people go, I would love to do it, but there's a lot of admin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's in a good point. It is. Cause yeah. that would
3: be very overwhelming if you'd mm. never been a part of that before. Mm. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So um, that's definitely a part of it. Um, And then the other aspect is um, that every child has a care team around them. So they'll have their social worker, the department worker, um, and if they have a disability, there also might be disability advocates or an NDIS worker, and they meet really regularly. So it's not just a carer having to make decisions on their own, which Mm. I imagine would be daunting if you've yes. never cared for a child yeah. with disability. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're definitely never alone as a foster carer. Yes, mm. yes,
3: yes.
1: Mm. Awesome. Um, when people do get accredited and they decide to do it, how? what is the percentage? Like does everyone then get, get a foster child or do some people, like how does it work?
2: Um, look, every accredited foster carer really should get a foster care placement. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's a waste of time and resources yep. for everyone involved. Yep. Yep. Um, it's usually pretty quick because we simply don't have enough foster yeah, in of Victoria. Course so mm. usually by the time we reach that point, there's a pretty good idea of what we would like to see yep. in that household. Mm. Um, so most carers will have a placement fairly quickly. Mm. Um, but one thing to take into consideration is that um, it depends on the type of care that they're signing up for. Yeah, right. I wanted to know um, about it,
3: the different types. yeah.
2: Yeah. So there are four sort of categories of care. Um, and that always makes me laugh because it can be quite fluid and change mm, of mm, course. on a dime. Mm. Um, but basically we have respite care, emergency care, short-term and long-term. So emergency care is those 2am phone calls yeah, or yeah, it's yeah. sort of we need somewhere immediately. Yeah. Yep. Short-term would be up to six months. Long-term would be up to a year or sometimes long-term up until the child's 18 and then respite is um, I'm sure many of your listeners are aware of the concept of respite Mm. um, but usually it's accredited foster carers caring um, in the sorry caring for children who are already in a stable placement. So it might be once a month they'll go and spend the weekend with another carer. Yes. Um, So if somebody comes to us and says, I want to do respite care for five to seven-year-olds, it might take a little bit longer Mm. for them to get a placement. Um, If they were saying, I could do primary school age kids and we don't mind the length of time, then it's going to be a lot quicker for Mm. them to get a placement Mm. um, that will match that. So it really depends. Um, It also depends on where they live as well because – we want to keep kids in their community. Yeah, There's nothing worse right. than the idea of moving a child away from their family and then school. also away from the their school. community oh, yeah. and school yep. um, and other supports as well. So all of those factors come into play, um, which it's, means that people don't have to commit 100% to every child yeah. that might come across their their lap. Mm. It's,
3: yeah, it's an enormous jigsaw puzzle, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Lots of moving parts, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the job of your assessor and the recruitment workers is to ha- hold your hand through that. And mm. and I've had people say to me, um, I had a young woman who was um, about 30 and she said, oh, I could do all types of care, you know, 0 to 18. And it was my job to look at her lifestyle and mm. say, you like to go out on the weekends, you know, <laughs> you like to um, to travel, you know, have you thought about maybe going for an older age bracket so they have a bit more independence so you can still be a 30-year-old, you know? Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's our job to look at your lifestyle and go, this, this might not work or it might work. Or I've had the opposite too, where I've had somebody say, I want to care for younger children and I've looked at their experience and their life and gone, you would be an awesome mentor for a mm, teenager. Right. Like, maybe we should consider that. Um, and then of course, with, um, with people looking at disability, sometimes I'll have to say, look, your work is quite emotionally draining yeah. or um, you've got a lot going on. Maybe now's not the time for additional needs. Mm. Um, or on the contrary, you know, you've got a lot of experience. You've told me about family members or work you've done. Maybe you would be great for mm. this. And sometimes mm. people need that little bit of encouragement to mm. say, I think you've got this. So, yes, of course. Um, that's, that's the best part of my job is getting to sort of get to know people and also use my experience and expertise to say, hey, Maybe this would be a, a better fit for you, oh, so. Jasmine.
3: Oh. What, what is the need for foster carers? Tell us.
2: Look, I wish I could say there was a number that we could satisfy and say Mm. that will be enough foster carers to meet the Mm. need. Um, But as I've talked about, that placement matching is super important. So Mm. even if we had 100 carers for 100 kids, they wouldn't all match perfectly. Mm. So we'd rather have a surplus of um, carers with different life experiences, cultural backgrounds, um, family structures, all of those things to be able to really um, strongly placement match and make sure it's going to be sustainable for everybody. Mm. Um, So in terms of the need, it definitely is increasing. Mm. Um, COVID and the cost of living Mm. um, has Mm. definitely added pressures to families and to support services. Mm. Um, So we definitely do need more foster carers. Mm. Um, But how that looks, you know, in the home and how it looks when you actually do call up and decide, you know, whether it's whether you're ready. it's really the placement matching stuff is what we really want people to understand. Mm. Um, so it, we really could never have enough foster carers. Of um, mm, mm. if I'm being greedy, which I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, go for it. <laughs> this of is your course. place. Yeah, this yeah, is your yeah. Time.
3: What do you think has is the biggest sort of difference you see now as to when your parents were going through it? I don't know. Are they still foster carers?
2: Look, they're not anymore. Mm. Um, they're very much in their grandparents' yeah. stage of life. Lovely. Um, It is. It's really nice to see. Um, I'm so sorry, I forgot the question. Oh,
3: like what's the difference between when they, like in terms of I'm thinking support from the agencies and stuff like that, or is there more pressure these days or what's the difference between what your parents, sort of the support they had as to what people get now? Is there a difference from the 80s to 2020?
2: Yeah, look, I think. It's definitely got a lot more formal, and yes um, right. I, I'm a rules girl. I yeah. love um, mm. strict policies, mm. so I think that's for the better. Yes, um, but well, some of the children's lives,
3: lives so mm. we have to, yeah. It's very mm, important. Yeah,
2: yeah, look, I I definitely agree. Um, so there's there's that side of it. I think the other part of it is, you know, I grew up in a household where my mum was a stay at home foster yes. carer. Yes, yeah. that's not really feasible for a lot of people. No. No, to have one one um adult staying at home. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is mm. we do yes. ask for a lot of carers and, you know, you have to attend a lot of meetings and do a lot of paperwork and and then there's the caring responsibilities mm. themselves. And they're um, working, so th- yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely the biggest difference that I see and I think um, parenting styles have changed as well. Mm. Yes, um, of course. Which I'm not a parent myself but I can see it a little bit in people's attitudes and mm. um, how they approach caring Um, So I think that's for the better. We know a lot more about attachment and Mm -hmm. trauma. Yep. trauma and understanding you know the impacts of trauma even when children have been removed from an unsafe environment mm. we know now that there is still lasting trauma we know that being removed from family itself yes. is another form of trauma mm, of course mm. um so i think that's definitely changed as we ask a lot more of carers in terms of therapeutic support yeah um but that's definitely for the best outcomes yes. for kids yes. at the end of the yeah. day yeah of
1: course yeah. so you can someone once told me oh you can't be a foster carer unless you don't work. That's not true, is it?
2: It's definitely not true. So if you work full time, and Mm. especially if you are in a a partnership and you both work full time, Mm. there needs to be some degree of flexibility. Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. as any parent, you need to be able to answer the phone during the day if a child's sick or um, things like that. Um, So that's really the only real requirement. Um, But there's lots of supports as well. So if you're a, a person who works full-time and can't be available during the day the agency will look at that and go well there might be a space where they could provide this type of care or maybe it will just be respite care for Mm, the weekends mm, so mm. they can be a bit more present yeah but again that's that assessment process we look at the big picture of people's Mm. lives and look at how it will fit in but Mm. as long as you can sort of answer the phone during the day and and make arrangements That's all you need. And then most people have someone in their support network as well. If they're parents, you know, someone you could rely on to pick up the kids if you need to. Yeah, And that's the same with foster care. They might need to get, you know, a police check or things like that, but it's it's very similar to parenting. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's Mm. right. That's true. I mean, we all have moments where, I don't know, that, The battery and the car goes flat and someone else has to pick up the kids from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
3: right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have your team like from the agency that will then manage like visitation with parents or all those sorts of things that have to happen as well
2: definitely so carers don't have to take on that responsibility Mm, especially things like family contact
3: yes Mm. um
2: usually that will be the department that organizes that they'll pick the child up usually after school they'll pick a child up and then drop them home before dinner um, or over a weekend or things like that yeah so carers don't need to add in you know those sort of administrative Mm. tasks Mm. they do need to be available to meet with their social worker and hopefully Mm. attend um those care team meetings and things Mm. um but other than that it really is sort of similar to parenting, you know, mm. they can attend school and they, sh- they should attend school mm. um, and things like that. So you can certainly fit it around work if you are working. Mm.
1: Mm. Interesting. And with um, big families, what happens? Like, do, Like I have five children, obviously most of them are grown up now, but would they all get put in the one home? Is that the goal?
2: That would certainly be the goal uh, mm. if it was safe for them to yeah. do so. So yeah. sometimes um, there are reasons that yes. siblings can't be kept together. Yeah. The reality is, though, again, family yeah. types are changing. So yeah. I grew up in a really big house. Mm. Um, there was a bedroom for each of us. And then as my sisters moved out, there were even more bedrooms. <laughs> yes. so, um, that's yes. just not the case anymore no. people no. don't have enough spare no. bedrooms. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. To become a carer, you need to have at least one spare bedroom. Um, some people say, you know, why? It's really important for kids oh, to have their own space. Definitely. And to feel like they've got a, a, a place where they can go and um, if they're having big feelings or they're struggling with definitely. something that's theirs. Some Absolutely. So some people will set up, you know, two beds in a spare bedroom, and they'll be open to two um, two siblings. Um, but then there are also a lot of people who might be retirees or empty nesters, mm. or young people who've bought a home with um, bedrooms to fill later for a family, mm. things like that. Um, so if you've got the bedrooms, we definitely would try to keep siblings together. Mm. Um but again, if you're working full-time and we yeah. have five siblings, yeah, yeah, yeah. we That's probably would look ask. at that and go, yep. that might not be sustainable. Mm. But we have some brilliant carers that have, you know, four placements mm. um, of young people that are siblings and, <sighs> and that can work really well um, depending on the household.
4: Mm.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? YahooFinance.com.
3: What about like help with cost of setting up beds, cots, prams, all those sorts of things. Who helps with that? Or do families take that on themselves.
2: So as you go through the accreditation process, we look at your home environment. And for example, if you were saying I can care for babies, we'd expect that you're setting up a, a nursery. Okay. Right. So that would fall to the, the carer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we approached you for a placement that was sort of outside of your scope, which mm. definitely happens more than more than it should, yeah. um, <laughs> um, because of the great need, yeah, then um, we might approach you and say, "Look, um, we need a, a carer for a baby," mm. and the carer might say, "I don't have a spare." caught yeah my advice to people is to get really comfortable and say I can do it if instead of I can't do it because yeah Yeah. right ask for what you need yeah and look people listening might be familiar with things like NDIS plans you don't get what you don't ask for Mm. Um, so I always tell people to get comfortable asking so that's the first thing the other thing is when you tell people that you're a foster carer, the community just rallies. You mm. know, if you tell people I'm looking at at starting this, they'll say, I've got a COT, I've yeah, got a RC, I've got a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but of course to bridge that gap, there is um things like placement support brokerage from the department yeah, where they will right. help with setup costs. And then there is a small financial reimbursement as well. So Um, it's called a carer allowance and your listeners can um, look it up to see the different rates, Mm. Um, but that's to cover the cost of things like, you know, electricity and food and Mm -hmm. medical expenses. Like nappies and... and Yeah, exactly. So um, it is based on age, um, so it increases with age, which... Mm. You've mentioned nappies. I think probably it should be.
3: Yeah, the other uh, way around. But
2: (laughs) the other way around. Um, But that sort of uh, can help. And then as a child grows, especially in a long-term placement um, and especially if they have things like um, additional needs. Yeah, they might need. If there was a need, yeah. um, So things like wheelchairs and um, accessibility aids. Continence aids, yes. Absolutely. Um, But also I've seen uh, people access um, placements support brokerage for things like sensory play swings Mm. or um, you know particular equipment that will help with certain behavioral Mm, mm. um, issues which is also really helpful as well because we know that kids will thrive when they've got the resources that they need Um, so I had this beautiful story of a carer um, every carer does an annual review every year where we check in um, and re-accredit carers and she'd said to me this little girl, 3-year-old, keeps swinging off the back of the couch, which is fine, but we have this built-in cabinet with glass doors oh, right behind yeah, it. Right. So it's not yes. safe. Yeah. yeah. And and so we explored like what would the child need and it was sensory um mm. swings and play mm. equipment. Mm. Um, and so they bought her this amazing setup that could give her the opportunity to use her grip strength. Mm. Right. And, you know, she could do little flips on it and oh, things. Awesome. And that took away the the danger of potentially mm, hitting mm, into this glass cabinet. Mm, yeah, um, Yeah, and also amazing for a child to feel like, you know, someone's listened to what I need yes. and supported me with that. Yes. You know, those things are huge. They are, they huge. are
1: huge. Yep, they really are.
2: Um, so I think, you know, people say to me, I don't know if I could be a carer, I couldn't let them go, things like that. But when you see a child getting, feeling heard or mm. getting what they need, you know, those rewards definitely outweigh the challenging aspects of oh, foster Oh, definitely.
1: I think we have a strange view of parenting in that we own our children, but we don't and they're all going to leave and they're actually very independent from us even when they're little. So yeah, that's just you're just nurturing someone along the way, you know, mm-hmm. not really owning them. So you,
3: I think you we know. don't know it because we haven't done it. So no, I, no, I can't know. I, yeah, but I um will say that I am hopeful to do that in as I get older. I would mm. like to do some foster care, um once my children are older, mm. because I would. Love to take some babies. <laughs> you love babies. She'll
2: get them all sleeping through the night, yeah, and then she'll be, send them yeah, back.
3: Yep, yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> don't approach me now. I will
2: approach you. <laughs> all right, I've got, I've got my eye on you. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think, I think that's a really good point about owning children because yeah. that would be one of the number one things that I hear is, oh, I'd love to do it, but I would hate to give them back. Yeah. And it's hard Not to explain it to you in it, but when you see a child go um, back to family yes. or move on to a permanent placement, yes. you sort of see it as we've played our part. Yes. Done I can was understand needed. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've spoken to so many young people who've left care mm. um, and now that I'm an adult, and they, they never remember, you know, all of the details. So they don't remember exactly how long they stayed somewhere or things like that. But they'll yeah. tell you stories like, oh, this carer had this game that we used to play or this this carer taught me how to read and we'd always Mm. read these specific Mm, books. mm, And mm. that's the thing that I think people forget is it's not about the big um, loss, and it, it is hard when you have built an attachment mm. with a child and they mm. leave, mm. Um, but those little moments mm. of seeing a child, you know, I always give the example of a young person who um, came to us and only ate sort of spaghetti on toast, yeah. and it seems so silly, like, and carers can just let the child keep eating spaghetti on toast. Yeah, of course, course or definitely. of course, yeah. But to see a child sort of start to say, yes, I'll try that, yeah. it shows that they feel safe. Yeah. yes. And um, comfortable to try mm. something new, mm. and that's huge. Like seeing a child feel comfortable to explore and and oh, try new things, yeah. amazing, huge, absolutely yeah. huge. So those little moments, people forget about that. And they forget. Well, we call them
3: milestones in our community. So yeah. I can imagine the milestones are enormous in the foster caring world. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely, definitely. And there are hard parts, of course, of but course. you know. Those little moments, and when you see, it's re- it's quite hard to explain. Um, as I mentioned at the top end of this, I do the training as well, and it's quite mm. theory based. Mm. You know, we talk a lot about attachment yep. and um, and important. the legislation. It's it is important, but it's hard to explain to somebody what it's like when a child comes into your care and they can't make eye contact, yes. or they have yes. um, delayed speech, yes. or um, social um, trouble socialising. Yes. Mm. They're it's really frightened. hard to explain that yes. yeah in reality so of course it's emotionally draining when you've mm. got um especially babies for mm. me mm. is when a baby can't make eye contact mm. with your smile yes. and play with yes. you yes. back you know you expect sort of reciprocity yes um that's really draining but mm-hmm. when it starts to relax yeah. and, and open mm. up or when a child starts to relax um yeah. that is huge and it's I think even more so than a child that you parent or you know yourself yeah. because you can see all of the walls Definitely. being broken
1: down. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And the difference so, you're making.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And it really it is as simple as safety. Like yes. safety is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy yes. right at the bottom. Yeah, no, come first. Um, you can't learn to play. You can't no. learn to socialise. No. You can't explore your identity until you're safe. Yeah. Yes. Um, and a lot of people forget that. They get lost in the big picture of... Mm oh, how would I parent someone else's child? Mm. How would you keep another another parent's child safe? Safe, yeah. And the rest all comes from there, ah, so.
1: Yeah, beautiful, actually. Yeah. That's really nice. So we obviously could chat about this all day, but is there anything that you would love all of our listeners to know?
2: Look, I want your listeners to know that anyone can do it. Anyone mm. can sign up to be a foster carer. Of mm. course, there are some eligibility criteria, so your spare room, um, you know, being able to pass those statutory checks. Yes, yep. But you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be some superhuman, although I think our foster carers are. <laughs> yes. We provide that training, we provide mm. that information, and you've got a lot of uh, professionals in your corner. Mm. So even if you're not a hundred percent sure if it's right for you, mm. I'd like people to know it's okay to ask the questions. I'm yeah. more than happy on our inquiry line to. Yeah, chat that's to a people. great idea.
3: Yeah, just ask. Yeah. Mm. yeah,
2: yeah, and get the knowledge that you need. So if somebody walks away from a conversation with me and says it's not right for me, but I know more about it, mm. maybe they can tap their friend on the shoulder yeah. and say, "I think you'd be right for this." So that's what I want people to take away from Mm. this is foster care is scary and hard Mm. and challenging but it's also amazing it's beautiful it's rewarding Mm. um, and you don't have to know everything before you get started.
1: And Uh, life is hard and tricky and also rewarding everybody's life like no one just sails through so yeah I think we have to reframe tricky as bad. It's not
2: yeah. tricky's just tricky. And community. I agree with that a hundred percent. The stories I hear from people through their assessments, and I think, geez, you've lived through a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. But everybody has. Yes. And yes. I think, you know, that actually having challenging experiences in your life means that you probably can empathize with yep. the child That's going right. through a child. Yep. Of Yeah, Of course.
3: Yep. Of wow. course. Yeah. Well, Amazing. thank you, Jasmine. It's been terrific to speak to you today. I know the peas, I reckon we'll have a couple turn. <laughs> yes, listeners. <laughs> <The excellent. richness. laughs> Might just be the little nudge they have been waiting seeds. for. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank wonderful. you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
3: Oh, that was lovely. That was With lovely. Jasmine. Yeah,
1: different episode this yeah, week, but yeah. I think, super important.
3: Yeah, and we were speaking to a foster carer who has lots of pea shoots, mm. um, but she was unwell. So, yeah, so then they came up with Jasmine like in 20 minutes. I and know. And was like,
1: amazing. Poor Jasmine's just, you know, thinking she's, like, she's going to work. Nope. no, you're on a <laughs> podcast, <you're> lady. <laughs>
3: lady. <laughs> Kate and Mandy. I'm sure we didn't ask all the right questions because we're not foster carers. No, so I'm I really, I'm, I'm sorry if we didn't because yeah. I'm sure we probably, you're probably, Got foster carers screaming, going, yeah. You don't know how this is tricky stuff. So yeah, yeah. I acknowledge that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you could just let us know was there you know, is there better things that we could have asked or what are the complexities when you have mm. a fostering pea shoots? Mm, mm. Because I'm sure there's a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there are yeah, too. But yeah. the bottom line is that there are amazing, beautiful people in our community who who do this every day. Yeah, incredible. And hopefully all of us can realized that we could do it too yeah that's right at some yeah. point and maybe so. that was
3: just a little bit of info you needed yeah yeah
1: so, okay
3: what made you cry this week Kate
1: okay so my I'm not going to say what the card said because I will sob for an hour but my beautiful girl's uh number one daughter on scholarship wrote me the most beautiful oh. card in the world oh, ever written wow. and I reckon I cried for an hour wow. like fully well wow. yeah but it was really wow Beautiful And right. I thought, oh, I've done okay. Yes, you know, yes, they love me yes. and they, yeah, anyway, it was just, you know, they're rare. Yeah, they are moments. rare. <laughs> it's
3: the truth. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And, and they I, took their time and yeah, they organised it. Yep, yeah, and they
1: put flowers on my bed oh. and oh, it was just beautiful, beautiful. So, oh, yeah, that made me cry a lovely. lot. What about you?
3: I cried watching the Old People's Home for teens. Oh, I haven't
1: started because <laughs> I'm like, this is just going to be... <laughs> Is it beautiful again? Beautiful. Yep. It's sobbing, sitting next
3: to a teen that sometimes can be lonely. Watching it. Yes. Oh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's right up there. Yeah. I don't know
1: if I can do it at the moment, but I actually
3: it was yeah. But still, it you know um what's the word? Poignant. Yeah. you just can't take your eyes off Oh, it, you I'm know. sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gripping. <laughs>
3: gripping. Yeah, yeah. And just these gorgeous teenagers. Aww. And, you know, I just think of all our Melbourne teenagers. I that's know. all.
1: And but all the things that this is what a community is and this is, I mean, we've said but this before. But the
3: overarching
1: loneliness but topic yes, is yes, rough. Yes,
3: rough. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about that this is, it was talking about women in friendships and it mm. said this is the hardest time to make friends in history.
1: Really? Yeah. Because we're working
3: from home or it's all online. Yes. It used to be that we. And and friendship. Even unis. Making friendship went in the decline when television was introduced. Really? Yeah, because people used to come together and go to dances or sing around the piano or they'd get together. And then when people got TVs or. And then eventually we all got phones and there was a big decline in 2012. Really? She said because that's when most people got a smartphone. So then they could just be at home and just. You know, entertain themselves. Feel like they're getting a. Need they weren't admit, even coming really. around and watching the TV together. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So this loneliness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. The last two years have been.
3: Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm watching it and it's beautiful. Yeah. Of course it is. Of
1: course it is. That <laughs> for those yeah. of you that live overseas, it's the most beautiful show that's put on by our Australian public broadcaster. And it's about old folks' homes. Last year it was four year olds that went in, or the yes, year before, and this two year it's teenagers. they did four year
3: olds, and now they've done, yeah, teenagers. So they yeah. did different stuff. Like of they course. did speed dating with them. Oh,
1: <laughs> it was so cute. Oh. Oh. And it just goes to show that we all need all levels of people yes, in our lives. Yes, of course you know? we do.
3: And I was thinking that in terms of like growing up in the gym. Yes, there that's was always right. that. And there then, really was. You know, people might not have that now. Oh, yeah. definitely they you don't. They don't have grandparents or so, yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, yep, I cried. Yeah, yeah, fair. I know I will
1: cry. So I've got two things that made a difference in my life this week. The first one was I, you know, I like to bake when I'm stressed. I baked a lot during COVID. I've had a few things going on that are stressful and... I've started baking again and I made cornflake cookies Ooh, Yum! and they are so good oh. and everybody was like, these are beautiful. Last time I ate them was from Amelia's Cookie oh, Co. So yes, if you want yes. some, get some from her. Yeah. Um, and I put choc chips and sultanas yum, in them yum. and I was like, oh, this is, I don't know.
3: Yeah, you're a good baker and, it was, and maybe you haven't had the headspace to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: it was really nice to bake and... I think that's just what's gonna happen time. for a little bit. It takes yeah. a bit
3: of time actually. So yeah, and you've got to think about it. Like I have got self-raising flower. I have got
1: and the other thing is that Mandy and I did a beautiful speaking gig back in a room. Yes. So we've done a few Zooms and obviously Zooms are amazing for us. It enables us to work people anywhere. Yeah. Um, but it's the first one in a couple of months that we've done in a room with people mm. and it was just so mm. nice. It was lovely, a it was really, really nice. packed with women. yeah, we're just with women. yes and I, I mean I awesome. love you men, but it was so great oh, yeah. to be in a room with women, women who great. were uplifting women. yeah, it was that's really right. really good. It was so terrific. yeah, that made a difference this week. Yes. What about you?
3: I went and saw come from away.
1: Oh. And oh my
3: gosh. It's apparently it was amazing. So amazing. Yeah. I just was smiling from start to finish. And Is it still on? Yeah. Well oh it my- came back. Yes. So I co- So my friend COVID-ed. said, Do you want to go? And I was like, Yeah, because I, th- I felt like I'd missed it. And yeah, I, was I like, did all too. Right, it's over. Yeah. So um yeah, it was so good. Mm. Everyone who's seen it, I just wow. And I thought, do people like you're reliving all the time around yeah. September eleven and Like, should I take my girls and will it be as meaningful because they weren't there? Yeah. You know, they didn't live through it. I don't know. There was plenty of kids there. Okay. But the skill, the singing, it was funny. just stage shows. It was amazing. I love them, love them, Yeah, yeah. And I went out also with my sister, Annalise, for her birthday and my brother. So the three of us. And my brother drove. And I was like, Adam, thanks for driving me. Wow. Went to Chapel Street. It's called Songs from the Canyon and was in Chapel off Chapel. And it was songs from the 1960s. From Laurel, was it Laurel Canyon in like California. Wow. And so it was like Joni Mitchell and oh, just all these songs that I knew, but I don't really know. No, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it was absolutely stunning. Oh, and, and just sitting there with my you. sister and my brother. we hardly was, ever do things. We hardly ever do that. I mean, I'm for that for everyone. Oh, yeah. we you'll never do that. someone else you, around. My brother's 10 years younger than me. If yeah. He to drive, dropped us at the door. Oh, how lovely. and parked. Oh, oh came and picked us up at the door. Oh. I was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it made a special a big day. Difference. It yeah. was a special day. It was her birthday and we just, just I just thought, Oh, I miss folk singing, I miss oh, harmonies. Definitely. I just now I'm like a Joni Mitchell addict. <laughs> and yeah, so I had like a great week of music. And yeah. It was so lovely. So yeah, oh. I'm very lucky to be able to go to two things in a week. Well that, and that especially never now.
1: Yeah, that's right. We didn't do it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah,
3: Yeah, they were two special things. Oh, nice. Yep.
1: What about your laugh? Okay, I've had lots of laughs. I can't talk about them. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Woody has been on fire in the last couple of weeks, but I will keep those to myself because they're personal. But just know there's been lots of laughing in this house. But what I'm really loving at the moment, and I've probably spoken about it on here before, is Cancelled with Jesse and Claire. Oh Stevens. yeah, that
3: is the best podcast. I, I love cannot, to. G- As soon as it oh, drops, no, I'm like, yes, so today's the funny.
1: day. They're identical twins, yes. so of course, Mandy and I have a oh, little, yeah. you know, soft spot for them. Do funny, so so funny. funny, and just all the ridiculous. I'm not into pop culture, right? No. So I don't know all the nuances. Yeah, and- true. But it's funny. Oh, yeah. If you've if you've got time, give them a listen. Yeah. I just every time I laugh.
0: Every yeah, time. Yeah, me but too. The,
1: the, the Fifty Shades of <laughs> Grey one. <laughs> Like, <laughs> this is so good uh, i just laughed and laughed and yeah. i thought yeah thank you girls you just sometimes we just need it, it's a clever concept it's so clever yeah. and they're clever yeah they are they're clever. brilliant and it's yeah the way they talk and i know oh. and they're
3: just so in tune with each other so, it's magic oh it is
1: it's magic yeah so yeah i really really love it it's the it. best of podcasting it is it is yeah, it is. yeah. 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 so yeah. that's a mamma mia podcast yeah, but gosh so i love it good me yeah. too
3: yeah well we went to ikea Oh, Miss Eleven thinks she's never there. been. And so she's like, can we go to Ikea? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. She not can't not remember going. Really? No. And so she was, <laughs> she's got a phone but not, not no sim, right? So yeah. she's taking it with her to pretend she's got a phone. Yeah. And she's videoing it as we approached it. There's the blue with the yellow. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) and then we were going in and she's like wow guys hi guys here i am in the bedroom (laughs) i
1: mean it is amazing it was so fun i was Mm. like
3: look at her she's pretending that she's sitting in this room and she's pretending she's in the kitchen and it was like a massive cubby house (laughs) i thought i brought her there a lot when she was little she has no memory no no memory no memory anyway we got the meatballs we brought some frozen meatballs home yep and um we had them for dinner and then the next day i said we've got some more and she goes oh i really want some more of those scottish meatballs <laughs> the haggis balls <laughs> i was like oh they're swedish swedish not scottish they're really not <laughs> it
1: was so Starts funny s- but oh yeah. it was so cute oh, did you do the whole thing the whole upstairs then yep. the whole downstairs we did the whole candles thing. Yep. yep yep we saw
3: everything just yeah did you buy time? Oh, a few little things but yeah no you know, I was like, "How I don't need any more bowls." No, in bowl. I think like remember in early childhood, we bought. I bought so much there. Oh, and the and matching the bowls oranges, the coals, but, Oh no, they've the coals, only got one blue cups. one. <laughs> yeah, got to buy another pack of six. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really. It was mm. just something to do, mm. and um, was like a big novelty to her.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I thought she hasn't been anywhere for three years. Yeah, no. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and she's too old for the ballroom, so awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's you right. You don't have to
3: worry about any of that. And I was just sort of going through the kids section going, okay, yeah. I've done all that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Funny.
1: Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it was fun. Nice. So, yeah. Nice to have Little fun. Scottish
3: meatballs if you like them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you go the next time <laughs> think, oh, oh <laughs> <the> Scottish meatballs. <laughs> so cute. Uh, oh, All right, Peas. Thank you, peas. Have a good week. Rate and review. Thank you to everyone that came to our pea lunch on Saturday. Oh, yes, Because yes. we will have had it by then. Yes. So we're really looking forward to seeing you all. Yes. And um, that's Hopefully for our Melbourne photos peas. photos up yeah. and about. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for coming and making yes. that effort. Yes. Awesome. Okay. okay. See you later. Bye. Bye.
1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with
0: Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.